So right there and then I just like, I cannot do this to the planet. I cannot justify this to myself. So I just decided like, I cannot fly anymore. I'm not going to fly anymore. And then kind of figure out after that, how to get around. Cause I'm still a full-time traveler. I just don't fly. What are the social and environmental impacts of travel that we should be aware of? Why do we need to redefine what it means to be a tourist so that traveling can become a more sustainable leisure activity? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. If you're not already signed up to our weekly newsletter with highlights from the podcast, you can do so at greendreamer.com. With that, you'll also automatically be entered to win our monthly giveaways. I'll share more information on that in our upcoming email, so don't miss out. That's greendreamer.com to sign up. And now to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is a digital nomad who runs the travel site Earth Wondrous, which focuses on nature experiences and backpacking, all done so in environmentally friendly and ethical ways. Her story really stood out to me because she's a travel blogger who, get this, doesn't fly airplanes for environmental reasons, which she does recognize, as you'll hear soon, isn't practical for everybody. But given that she travels year-round for work, this is a decision that she made for herself this past year. So I'm really excited for you to hear about her journey and also her biggest lessons from having traveled extensively and having met people from all around the world. Green Dreamer, starting with what inspired her passion for nature, here's Eve of Earth Wondrous. So I there there wasn't like a specific time or a specific event or movie or anything that made me just care about the environment. It's just been growing constantly because I've been hearing about it in so many places on TV, social media, and eventually just got to me so much that I've been um, caring more and more about it. Was there anything you learned in particular that made you want to dedicate your uh, focus in your professional life on this? I guess one of the biggest things was in January this year when I read uh, an article and I saw the numbers, how bad flying with airplane was because I've been a traveler for five years. And that's when I realized that I am one of the biggest worst people when it comes to the environment because I fly so much uh, being a traveler. So right there and then I just like, I cannot do this to the planet. I cannot justify this to myself. So I just decided like, I cannot fly anymore. I'm not going to fly anymore. Mm. And then kind of figure out after that, how to get around because I'm still a full time traveler. I just don't fly. That's so incredible. I want to dive a little deeper into that later. But even before this, what did your journey look like that led you to become a travel blogger? So it started out about five years ago. I had gotten a weekend trip to Girona in uh, in Spain for the boyfriend I had at the time, but we broke up before the trip. So I went alone instead. And that's when I fell in love with solo traveling. And I just 
kept on traveling on my own. And after a while, I started noticing that strangers started following me on Instagram. And yeah, I just kept sharing on my private Instagram from my life, which was mostly about travel. And it grew more and more into traveling because that's basically all I did. That was my main hobby. So it really grew by itself. I never went into it with the idea of becoming a travel blogger. I just traveled, shared it, people liked it, and started following me. And then companies started emailing me and contacting me. So it's, yeah. That's amazing. So this kind of came natural to you too, naturally to you. (laughs) Yeah. So do you travel alone most of the times? Yeah. What do you think traveling solo allows you to gain for yourself that traveling with other people might not be able to? Well, for me, mainly the biggest reward that it has given me is that I have learned what I like. Because before I traveled alone, I would, you know, be in relationships or be very close to a friend and I would do what they wanted to do. Mm. And after like every breakup or when the friend moved or whatever, I would feel very lost because I didn't know what I liked to do on my free time because I would just do what my friends or boyfriends like to do. Mm. And traveling alone, you know, because there's no one else around me to decide on what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to see, how to feel about certain things that are going on. Because even though you're traveling with someone, even if they don't say anything, you can feel what they are thinking or feeling about uh, a place that you're in. And it has just made me get to know myself for real with no one else involved, know who I am, what I like and what I feel about things when it's just me. So greater self-awareness and self-discovery. Exactly. And what do you think greater self-awareness has uh, made possible for you? That's a very good question. I don't know. It has made me happier, definitely, and a lot stronger. It has, you know, it has made me understand how much I can do, Mm. how strong I can be. Because you kind of have to be there for yourself. Yeah. And when you get into situations where you have to find a solution to something quickly or you have to be flexible, you have to trust your instincts and your guts. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's beautiful. Well, so what inspired you to go deeper beyond talking about where to visit, what to do, what to see like most other travel bloggers focus on? Like what opened your eyes to wanting to talk about the social and environmental impact of your travels? Uh, so that actually started about three and a half years ago. I went vegan, but I went vegan for the animals. But when I actually decided to go vegan, I was introduced to this entire world that I had no idea existed with all of these other, um, you know, with the communities and, um, I don't know, like on Facebook groups or Instagram accounts. That's where I started also learning about the environmental impacts the animal agriculture has. So, even though I became vegan for the animals, the environmental impact of that industry, the fact has just been given to me and has just been like another 
good reason to be it, even though that wasn't the main cause. So that's when I learned more about it. And I think that's where it started to grow on another level. So really just learning about one thing and another thing, it just takes you deeper and deeper. And suddenly you're just aware, like once you know the issue, you can't go back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the more, the more I learn, the more I want to learn. I mean, I'm constantly every single day trying to learn more about the environmental impacts that me personally, but also the society in the world has. And there are so many things that you never th thought about before that you learn. And yeah, it's just this, I don't know, it's very interesting because you can never know everything. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just trying to be a better person. Do you think traveling has inspired you to stay curious and open-minded and maintain this mindset to want to keep learning as well? Yeah, curiosity and learning and growing and changing is what life is about. If I were to, like my biggest nightmare would be to be stuck in a place in the same environment, same people, same mindsets, same everything, because to me what life is is to to grow, to see things from different angles. And yeah. And I feel like you've grown quite a following on social media and your blog, which is amazing because you get to inspire so many people with what you're learning and your experiences. And I'd love to hear what's been your greatest personal struggle over the years building up your platform. So some people might hate me for this, but I actually haven't really tried to grow my platform that much. It has <laughs> happened very organically, just like with everything about um, my Instagram and with work. It, I've been doing what I love. And I guess that has shown because I've been passionate and people are drawn to that. I know myself, I'm drawn to, you know, people are very passionate about it, things. So um, yeah, it's, it's actually happened very naturally. And how about just like your greatest challenges from being a full-time traveler? Um, <laughs> not much, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Well, what do you think keeps you like positive and optimistic? Uh, and it just makes life so much easier to be easygoing because I've learned definitely uh, from traveling and just life that it doesn't matter how much you plan, it's probably not going to be like that anyways, because <laughs> things happen that you cannot control. And you just got to make the best of it. And I guess that's, that's what I do. And that makes my life uh, happier and easier, because I just take things as they come and do the best of it. Yeah. So what do you think has been key to you garnering a large audience? So you mentioned they came kind of naturally, but what do you think it was about your work that drew a lot of people? That's a good question. Um, so from what I've heard other people who, when they've told me what they like, it's uh, partially that um, I've always kept it very real. I try to uh, show the good and the bad. I show myself not just in these pretty pictures, but also I've opened up very much. I think that's also key because I have been very open, um, especially I had uh, depression for seven years, which is 
kind of a long time. It was between age 15 to 22, basically. And I've shared a lot about that. So I've opened up and I think people see me as more of a person, like a human being than just someone like an Instagrammer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've taken it to a very personal level. And I also, I try to reply to all comments and messages that I get. Because to me, this is, I don't just do it to share my things, to get fame or to get money. I do it because it's my passion and I see it as a community and I want to learn things. And then I want to teach that to other people so they also can learn and in their turn, teach people around them. So I guess that's keeping it real and being very personal and open. For sure. So it's really about developing genuine relationships, even though things can feel very superficial on Instagram, but we just have to dig deeper. Yeah. And I also think that, um, especially when I started going into the sustainable aspect, uh, a lot of people have told me that they appreciate that I am not judgmental. I don't judge people for not doing everything right. I just try to give them tools and kind of easy ways, like you can do this instead of this. And that's better mm-hmm. instead of, you know, judging people for doing what they do. Like, just because I don't fly does not mean that I think no one else should fly. Because I travel full time, I work remotely. So I have the possibility to spend months just to get to a place. I understand that everyone can do that. So I don't judge people. I just try to give tools to make better decisions. And I think that's also key to it. So people have really appreciated you just kind of helping them, you know, telling people this is what you can do if you want to be more socially and environmentally conscious as you travel. So it's coming from a place of service. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just want to, because when it comes to, I mean, people are very comfortable and kind of lazy. I know I am. (laughs) So... I want to give, I want to make it accessible and easy for people to make better choices. For sure. And I also really appreciated you talking about how not everybody has the luxury of time, money, and a powerful passport to be able to travel freely. I think that's something that a lot of us who do get to travel take for granted. What led you to that aha moment? I think it was traveling in Iran The first time and then especially now the second time where I realized that or I heard stories because I have a lot of friends in Iran now and I've heard so many stories of them being denied visas to places for no good reason. Either they have too much money, not enough money, not enough ties in the country or too many ties in that country. So that's when I realized how much I take for granted, how easily I can travel to basically everywhere in the world. And then of course, with, um, with the time and money as well, because even before I traveled full time, I was still working uh, in a small company with just me and my dad. So I had the possibility to choose when one of my vacation days. So I didn't have to decide every year what weeks to take. I could just have those days and then choose, you know, next week I will take one day and then I would go like during a weekend. So 
I've had that luxury and also just being from Sweden and Europe, no matter what work I've done, I've made a lot of money compared to most places in the world. So I know that I am very privileged and yeah, I guess just seeing friends and other people that they can't do all of that for different reasons and just that I happen to have most of those aspects with the passport, the currency and the time. I don't know. I've, I've never taken it for granted, but I realize more and more to be open about it. And I want others to understand it as well. And yeah, even beyond this, you're also very mindful of the impact that you have on the local communities that you go to. So what are some of the social issues you think that travelers might worsen if we're not conscious? So there's the environmental impact that uh, we have seen in places where littering, for example, that's a very direct way to see how tourists impact places where you see these plastics and other trash in nature Or you can see how places have been touched or walked on so much that things actually break. So that's that aspect. And then also with the economy, where when I travel to a place, I am grateful for being able to visit that place. So I want my money to go to the people who actually live there and allows us to come there and visit And I've realized that that's not always the case. The money sometimes goes to these big resorts to people who don't even live or come from there. So they use this geographical spot that they don't even have any ties to and take those money and use for personal gains instead of it going to the local communities, the people who actually live there, who are affected by the tourism in the area where they live. And an example that made it very clear was in in East Timor or Timor-Leste in Southeast Asia, where there was this uh, big resort and the visitors who would come there would go and stay there. So the money didn't go to the locals. So the government actually came in and help the locals to open their own like bed and breakfasts. So then the tourists would go to them and eventually this resort actually uh, went bankrupt. And also there's a tiny island there called Jacko Island. And the only way that you're allowed to go to that island is to go with one of the local fishermen. And it's a fixed price that way those money from the tourists will go to the local people. And I love that. I think that's the way it should be. For sure. So we're not just going somewhere to uh, take advantage of the place and take, 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 but it's also to give back and to support the local communities that we have the privilege to visit and learn from. Yeah, exactly. Because um, going to a place and enjoying it as a tourist while seeing how the locals have a really hard time with, you know, jobs or money or schools or the everyday life. It makes it hard to enjoy it when you see how 
the people who actually live there can't enjoy it the way you do. Mm -hmm. So what can we do as travelers to be more socially uh, aware when we, when we travel? So like, how can we make sure that our dollars are going towards the local communities as much as possible? So stay in uh, hotels or bed and breakfasts that are owned by locals, restaurants that are owned by locals. And then, you know, instead of buying souvenirs and maybe the typical souvenir shops, try to find local artisans. Not only will it be more original and genuine from that area, but your money will go to people who make crafts. And oftentimes I feel like that's more eco-friendly as well because the local artisans typically are using material that come from the local regions as opposed to something mm. maybe mass-produced in another country shipped in to be sold. Exactly, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you are also the only travel blogger I know that doesn't fly, and I really admire your dedication to this. <laughs> I'm sure you've inspired people to just take public transportation more when they can. Like, if you can travel around the world, the least I can do is to take a train downtown or something. But in general, traveling is on the rise, which I think is a good thing because it shows that people are getting more curious about other cultures, places, and people, and I feel like that makes people more open-minded and connected. But seeing that traveling is on the rise, what do you think the world needs for us to have traveling become a sustainable leisure activity? I think that we might need to refine what traveling means, because to a lot of people, it seemed to be like going as far away as possible and to just get pretty pictures and exotic food or a different culture than your own. But traveling is more of a it's more of an experience of seeing new things mostly. So, you know, you can just go on a trip in your own city or your own country just to be curious because from what I see, a lot of people travel and they go to the exact same places where they've seen thousands of pictures. They go to the same places they've seen on online that most people go. And it's just where's the you know exploring where's the adventure it's like they could have just seen it on tv instead if they don't actually go and experience and explore themselves i think we need to uh, just change the mindset that traveling does not have to be something far away something exotic it can be in your in your own hometown and how about like technological advances in transportation? Have you done research into this? And is there anything we can be hopeful about? Well, I mean, there are already prototypes for electrical airplanes, but they are very tiny and they would most likely not go very far distances. So I think in that way, it would be more like having flying cars I actually went to, um, it was an event where some engineers were talking about this. And I don't know if, I mean, trains. I really hope they will make trains better and faster. Um, but for that to happen, there needs to be a higher demand on it. So we'll just have to keep supporting uh, public transportation like this. So hopefully they'll have more money to then keep developing on these things. Yeah, hopefully. Because just imagine if a lot of people would just say like, 
we're not going to want to fly within Europe anymore. You know, you need to get these speed trains. You need to get, um, you know, more trains, faster trains, then things would happen. As consumers, we have a lot of power, but we need to be a lot of people. We have to be a lot of consumers to make that difference. For sure. So, you know, it's about demand. But um, I guess Europe is uh, is an easy example because that's where I'm from. And it's also very small uh, size-wise compared to the States, for example. You can easily, like I went from Gothenburg to Berlin uh, without booking anything in, in advance. I just went with three different trains to Berlin in 12 hours, including like, uh, you know, waiting for the trains. Yeah. So it is possible. We just need to have more options like that and to make it cheaper because now airplanes, the flight tickets are too cheap. Mm-hmm. It does not make sense that it's that cheap. And for example, biofuel that you can use in some airplanes, uh, not a hundred percent, but partially of the fuel, uh, they can use biofuel. They say that it's too expensive, but hmm. then just charge more for the tickets. It's insane that you can get a ticket from Sweden to London for like 10 euros. I actually once got tickets from Gothenburg to London and back for two euros. What? So that was one euro. Yes, one euro That's per insane. flight. That is insane. Definitely should not be like that. <laughs> yeah, when things are that cheap and it doesn't make sense, it's probably because there are other costs that are put elsewhere. <laughs> oh, that was it. I went on the trip. No, that was it. There were no add-ons. That was with the taxes and everything. Yeah. Oh, um, I meant like negative externalities, like cost to the environment, cost to other things oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. taken into account. Yeah, yeah. But... um I also think, well, I know that because it's so cheap, people travel more. They don't wait for a long, they don't wait all year for a trip that, that they really want to go to a specific place. People see cheap tickets and they're like, oh, let's go. It's super cheap. For sure. Well, we could keep talking about this forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing with fast fashion, you know, like clothes are so yeah. cheap. So people are like, oh, why not? Like I can get 10 different exactly. styles for like $100 instead of exactly. waiting to get that one thing you love. So I yeah. definitely see the parallel there. But uh, so you've traveled a lot. I'd love to hear your greatest life lesson you've learned from all of your travel experiences. Ooh, that's a good one. I would probably say to take things as they come and to not stress about things, but to just let it come to you. And you will always find a way to make your work. That's so beautiful. Well, we want to keep following your journey. What's next for you that we can look forward to and support? So the rest of the year, I will stay in Europe for sure. And I will be doing some talks actually about sustainable travel and uh, I will be on Swedish television but it's going to be in Swedish so I'm not oh. sure how <laughs> how I want to see um, that anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I guess I will just keep on traveling and I hope to explore a bit more of Sweden as well and where can we go to keep following your travels online and on social media 
Instagram is where I'm the most continuous and where I share the most. So that would be Instagram. And then for my website, I am try to update that more because I have a lot of big plans for that. I want to make it more of a source where people can go to find uh, resources to be more sustainable, how to shop, where to stay and stuff like that. But yeah, so Instagram and my website and then Facebook as well, earthwanderers.com and then earthwanderers on all my other handles. Before we go into our final five, I just wanted to say thank you. You're here, I'm assuming, because you're interested in learning more about sustainability and what you can do personally and how you can make a bigger impact through your passion project. That really inspires me. And just knowing that you're here, knowing that you're here listening to this podcast alone makes this so worth it for me. And I just wanted to extend my gratitude to you and to all that you do and stand for. And of course, if you ever get a chance to share the podcast with anyone you think would also find the show helpful to them, I would so greatly appreciate that as well because it really helps the podcast out so much. And I really hope that together we can help to strengthen this community and support each other within sustainability. So just thank you and I look forward to continually supporting you with Green Dreamer Podcast. For now though, to our final five, let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow? I would say on Instagram, the low impact movement it was it started by Emmy, who also runs Sustainably Vegan on YouTube and Instagram. And it's all about how to lower your uh, impact. So it's zero waste, but uh, not as harsh because it can sound kind of scary. <laughs> uh, what do you tell yourself to stay inspired and positive? That it's a ripple effect. So people that... I affect will affect people around them. So for, you know, every person that I might inspire to be more sustainable will in their turn um, have people around them become more sustainable as well. What's one thing you do for your health, either daily or weekly? I try to be in nature as much as possible. Uh, what's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? I am doing a 30-day plastic-free challenge. Uh, what makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? Social media, because you can spread things very fast. And especially with the new generation, it's an easy way to get inspired and to be inspired to do good things. Mm -hmm. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? I would say to... To just try to do a little bit better every single day. Don't rush it. Don't be too hard on yourself. But just try to do a little bit better whenever you can. Just do a little better whenever you can. 
Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable key takeaways from this interview as well as links and resources at greendreamer.com slash 73 for episode 73. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And again, you can follow me on Instagram at Kamea Shane. That's K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E. And feel welcome to direct message me there as well with any feedback you have on the show. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.